0: We're practicing extreme social distancing by staying at least 900 miles away from each other in this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio.
1: Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery
0: everyone i'm travis and i'm joined by tim and john dodson and we're taking a break from the absolute hellstorm that 2020 has been so far to bring you a new episode of cheerful ghost radio the next ch- console generation is nearly upon us so we're reigniting the console wars to decide whether the ps5 or xbox series x will be the better console and our decision will be final and we expect you all to follow what we decide As we do every month, though, we're going to talk about what we've been playing and watching recently. But before we get into that, uh, we wanted to address the big viral elephant in the room. So, John, how have you been coping with the COVID-19 outbreak up in Portland?
1: Um, thank you, Travis. So I think it's important that we realize that <laughs> real life happens <laughs> alongside, uh, Triple Ghost Radio. So I'm really happy that we're talking about this. Um, well, you know, so a little bit of background about myself. So according to my resume, I have 15 years of experience working as a developer. Um, so that means I like, you know, sit on the butt all day and a tippy type on the keyboard and I make computers do things. Okay, that's 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 very technical. I don't want to explain it any more than that. But uh, and also as a fun note, I'm also going to be 40 this year. So so if that sounds like a lot of time to work, um, it's because it is. And I am I'm, I'm very old now. So with that, for the last eight years, I've worked remotely as a developer or a development manager, depending on where I was or what team I was on and stuff. And so I wanted to continue to work remotely and I want to keep doing that. And so about a month ago, um, well, the job I had before that was remote as well, but I actually landed my a dream job at Salesforce working on the Trailhead team. So for me, I've wanted to work on the Trailhead team for a couple of years now. It's basically um a platform to learn Salesforce and learn a ton of things, but it's gamified. And I really liked that aspect of it. Um, plus continue continuing with continuing education is actually really great. So um, so for me being Home a bit has been my thing for the last eight years. You know, I've been working from home remotely for the last eight years. So with that, my wife and I realized we also never really dreamed of being stay-at-home parents, <laughs> but we have to right now, which has come with quite a bit of an adjustment, I would say. So, um, just so you know, um, right now, if you're if you're listening to this episode in the far future and you don't have any concept of coronavirus or something, firstly, like, huh, how is that a thing? But um, we're all home basically right now. The government's quarantining us because they want to slow the curve and stop hospitals from being overwhelmed um, with everyone there, which will absolutely decimate our healthcare system if that happens uh, and cause quite a bit of loss of life, actually. So we're all home right now. So, so I think for for my wife and I, the adjustment for us has been okay. Well, now we have to care for a three year old, going to be four year old in a couple months. Um, all day long and that's not something that we had to do you know you've got these modern amenities like daycare preschool and they're incredible and regular school for your kids and I know and parents love this stuff because they can get a bit of a break from their kids well we have less of that now Um, one of the things so again like I said that's been taking some adjustment talk a little bit about how we're doing that a little bit later but Salesforce is also really flexible Uh, right now because you know they've got like 50,000 employees and so they're trying to be flexible because again you got a lot of parents home right now so how are you going to do a job right And and I know a lot of people working from home right now are trying to figure out the same thing how do I do my job from home when three kids want to throw things at my face at the same time like that is not an easy question to answer right so again Salesforce is pretty flexible right now so how this basically works is my wife watches him a lot during the day And then we break out in terms of schedule. So we have to basically schedule out the entire day, hour by hour, uh, or else we'll go crazy and he'll go crazy. And so I am handling teaching him science um, uh, throughout the day. And so he's learning about animals and plants and animals that, you know, animals need food. They need shelter. They need all this. And it's actually really fun teaching him science. And he really enjoys it. And also about plants and stuff like that. Um, and that was, that's been really great. So I think some things have been really fun. It's something I want to keep doing with him. Actually, how much I really enjoy teaching him a lot. So, so I really hope some things don't change actually. And that's it. I I hope I keep teaching him science. I think science is really important. Sort of changed my life, science, math, engineering, and all that. Um, So like I said, there's been a lot of changes we have in terms of schedules, so we've got to plan our son's schedule all day, which he actually kind of likes. He is actually pretty schedule focused, so if we're actually off schedule a bit, he's like, Dada, it's snack time. It's not time to go outside. It's snack time. So I like that he kind of cracks the whip a little bit. That's kind of fun. So, um, yeah, I could use
0: him like to help me out at home, like trying to remember <laughs> when I need to do stuff. So just send him over to Virginia.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to get the schedule on a wall. We have like a, we have, um, these little cards that we can rearrange on this little hook that we're hanging things off of. So we're hanging them, all these cards off the thing. And then we just rearrange those with the daily schedule. We talk about it with him. And like I said, he, he, he likes to stay with that. So I feel really, really lucky To work for such a great company like Salesforce, have it be remote and feel really secure in my job. So really layoffs really aren't on the table. I mean, they make like 13 billion dollars a year. We're not hurting our revenues deferred. And that was a really big decision that I made this year, which was I want to work for a larger company. I'm getting older. I'm tired of working for small companies. Let's work for a large company. Um, And that was probably one of the best choices I've ever made in my life, because um I, I literally was talking to my sister today and she's laid off. Right. Um, and that's really hard, you know, because I I don't want her to starve. You know what I mean? Uh, and we're not, you know, and, and I feel really lucky with where we're at. You know, we've been married 20 years in about 20 years time. you You develop the ability to deal with some bullshit. And this is some bullshit right now. I'll tell you what. The way the government has handled this uh, I ain't no fan. I am not a fan of Trump normally. And and he is even gone lower, in my opinion, because I'm of the mind that leaders. Are accountable for their actions and his actions are some bullshit. So, um, yeah, not, not thrilled about that, but we're able to handle quite a lot as a couple after about 20 years. And so I think that's been really helpful. I'm not saying every day's perfect, but um dealing with this normal has been really hard. And, and and again, I think we have it better than some. So um I feel pretty happy with where we're at, but it is, it has not been easy. And um I don't mean to get too dark here in Cheerful Ghost Radio. This is actually a pretty fun podcast, but but I can't I can't lie. You know, we're in
0: we're in a bullshit
1: time right now.
0: I don't think anybody can argue with that, honestly. Tim, how about you? How are things for you right now?
2: Well, um, I'm fortunate enough as well that I have a job that's capable of working from home. Now, on a regular schedule, we, you know, we have an office set up. I work in the insurance industry. And so, you know, I work at uh, at an agency. And, you know, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, we'd go into the office, do our stuff, whatever, you know. Most of that can be done from home. Um, We uh, had a a bit of a a thing where basically we didn't have access to the office phones, but that's more or less been taken care of. We're still going to try and largely do everything by email, but, you know, we at least have some phone capabilities without having to use our personal cell phones, which no offense to any of my clients, but I ain't giving you my personal contact phone number here, you know? (laughs) um the kids i i have 3 kids um and that's actually probably been the biggest challenge is we this last week we started with the basically their distance education all last week it was these like um assignment packets and although it was mostly review so it wasn't terrible but it is like you know i'm trying to juggle multiple tasks here still trying to work full time Um, During the hours that, you know, people are kind of expecting me to be available for work related stuff, but also trying to help my kids with their school questions and, you know, make sure that they get everything done and that they've had like some uh, uh, Zoom meetings with their teachers. So I got to make sure that they are able to get set up for that and make it to the right time. And that's been the biggest struggle for us and over here. And that they're here. not
1: fighting and that they eat properly <laughs> and that they go to the that bathroom. Yeah, and or that, you know, they don't when die. one of them
2: has, yeah. Yeah. Or that when one of them has like a zoom meeting with their teacher, that the other two kids aren't like running around in the background, <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> you know, like interrupting each other, um, making sure that they all can, you know, do their work without interfering with each other without also interfering with my work while I'm trying to work on stuff. um, and, it's, and a lot of that has kind of fallen on my shoulders because my wife is a nurse. And as you can imagine, she doesn't get to take time off to what? help with all of this.
0: Hospitals can't be busy right now. Yeah. So no. now
2: we're fortunate. It's going to be sense, over by
1: Easter, y'all. That's what I heard <laughs> from someone. <laughs> totally. Easter,
2: right? Oh, we're, Yeah. So I, I, I think everybody who probably pays attention knows I'm from California. Now, luckily, we're not in L.A. County although my wife does work in L.A. County. Um, now, in her unit, they don't have any COVID patients right now. Uh, she works in a very, like, uh, she works in the NICU, so she's, like, very, you know, her patients are super high risk, so they're taking, like, extreme measures to keep It's
1: good none of the kids have, unit. have COVID right now. That's really good.
2: Yeah, uh, so they've... Her hospital has basically like locked down her unit as much as possible because if any of the, you know, the, the babies in her unit got COVID, it's basically a death sentence for them. So luckily she hasn't had to work directly with any patients, but her hospital does. And their number of cases is going up. And it also like is starting to spill into her department because like they're running out of protective equipment. It's getting kind of scary, you know, yeah, yeah, but well, thank you for your wife's can, service. I think that's yeah. one thing that's re- becoming
1: really obvious to me is like, as a nation, we've always been really grateful for the military service. I have friends that served, you know, I thank them all the time for their service, you know when we when we're thinking the military and and I think that like one thing that I think we're realizing now is how many jobs in the u s are essential to our way of life that maybe we didn't notice before and we took for granted. I think the yes. medical community is essential. Um, yeah. I think teachers are essential. <laughs> I think people that deliver packages right now are essential. I think, um, you
2: know, the people work in the grocery store, grocery
1: store, they have to deal yeah. <laughs> with every American acting like a hell spawn right now. I think doom monsters are better. You're better mannered right now um, than people going to the grocery store. Because at least Uh, the Doom Monsters, you don't understand what they're saying. You know, they could be be like, well, that's a really great haircut as they're eating your face off. It's possible. You don't know.
0: And And that's another thing that sucks is that all these jobs that are absolutely essential to our daily lives are not ones like that. You can work from home. So, yeah, that's that's a lot of a lot of people depending on the high risk jobs like that. And there's not really much of a way around that, which is really sucks.
1: No, no, there's not. And I'm really happy for those people doing their jobs. And thank you very much. Because if, if everyone was not doing them, we would all be dying right now. So thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah.
2: And it, it doesn't take much for me (laughs) to uh, brag about my wife. (laughs) I've always been very proud of the, she's the job awesome. that she's she's picked and the work that she does. Yeah,
0: I'm uh, also a developer, so I haven't had any issue working from home. Uh, I was kind of uh, a little annoyed at some of the long response time on some things in the state here. Uh, I think since we didn't get hit really hard early, that... Oh, well, things kind of took a while to get going. I work for a college that is run by the state, so uh, we fall under all the official state employment guidelines and stuff like that, and I've, I felt like they were dragging their feet a little bit. I still feel like they might be dragging their feet, but um, yeah, finally I was able to start working from home about a week and a half ago, and that's been pretty seamless. Um, my new co-workers, my cats, are not very great. I might have to like make a formal complaint with human resources about their lack of personal space respect. But you know, other than that, <laughs> things have been going pretty well. Um, I've been, it's kind of odd that I am part of this podcast and honestly barely ever listened to podcasts, but one that I have listened to a lot recently is, uh, the office ladies with, um, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey from the office. And Katie listens to, podcast, and I've heard some of hers more often over the past couple of weeks here, uh, a couple of like true crime podcasts and stuff like that, and a lot of podcast hosts right now are talking about how tricky it is for them to kind of get things going now, because they had this routine of going into a studio to record and now they're trying to figure out how to spread that out so everybody can do it from home. So I'm really grateful for that, for this show that we kind of already do that. We are on opposite ends of the country and we can still do this and we're set up for that. There's no big, no big shift for us there, but yeah, um, it's mostly just insane. I spend a lot of time looking at the news and watching the spread. I have a few different websites up and, like persistent Firefox tabs that I keep looking at throughout the day Me too. to Me watch. Too. I've like, got
1: Fox news here. I got bright Bart on the other tab <laughs> and <laughs> oh then God. I have, um, all, all a uh, CNN is fake news.com or something. Anyways, it's, it's great. I don't or believe Reddit, you <laughs> Reddit, The Donald, my favorite places to go for <laughs> news. anyways, continue. What were you saying? Travis? Yeah, sure yeah you go there too.
0: The, like a few maps and it's been kind of impressive. Like what has come out of this, Just in terms of the ingenuity of people Like this one guy put together This coronavirus tracker map Over a weekend as a fun project To just because he couldn't Work he was having trouble finding Work so here I'll just throw this together for fun And to kind of hone my skills and now He's getting like thousands of Hits a day on this thing and it's really helpful To keep track of where things are like um, I just refresh it a few times during the day And it's kind of depressing watching Those numbers jump up Like, John, for instance, your county right now has 154 cases. And I keep checking in on you guys and places around here, and it's not getting any better anywhere. It's just kind of a whole bunch of suck.
1: Yeah, we were one of the... So I'm from Oregon, and we were one of the initially hit states, and I think it was even higher, and it's even possible that I had it and friends had it here. We just didn't know because testing is um apparently we live in a a third world country for certain kinds of things like this uh, unfortunately and so we don't have that and yeah i i think it's worse in the united states than it appears again because we just have a lack of testing as we get more tests we're going to find way more cases that those numbers are only going to jump a ton i think we have the most in the world now it's not typically we do a thing that we want to beat everyone on but we seem to be so but finally, I just wanted to say that um, thanks to everyone listening to this. And I hope that you're weathering this really well. I don't I personally don't care what particular aisle politically you stand. I want everyone to be safe and I want everyone to be alive. I want us all to come out of this smarter um, as people and as a country, too, because I think that we can learn a lot about how healthcare moves forward in the United States. Right. I mean, and how we take care of each other as a country Um, you know, because I think that if we as a country said, oh, well, after this, nothing changes, I think that would be really sad to me because there's a lot of great things we can learn. And I view society like I know a lot of people view society and that it's a bunch of people working together to make our lives better together. And so I don't know. I don't I, I give America hope for that maybe. Some certain politicians, less hope. But I I think that most people are good, even even if we disagree on certain things. Hello podcast friends, this is John Dotson, host of Cheerful Ghost Radio and the creator of Tale of the White Wyvern. If you listen to this show, you might be a fan of Cheerful Ghost and maybe you read the articles on our site. And I've also checked out our new text-based adventure mini-MMO, Tale of the White Wyvern. Cheerful Ghost is a scrappy indie community that makes awesome text games and we'd love any support you can give us. Right now, if you head to Cheerful Ghost and hit the heart button, you have some incredible support options in that you can use to start in that you could donate a few dollars through paypal if you wanted to do a bit more you can buy a cheerful ghost membership that gets you some great supporter perks on cheerful ghost as well as unlock some member-only titles and alternative cosmetic weapon armor and hat sets entail of the white wyvern including the coveted horse armor on top of the ability to donate a few dollars or get a cheerful ghost membership we also have a tale of the white wyvern merch store so you can adorn yourself with the best looking shirts and mugs from your favorite text adventure mini mmo i love the mug and personally use it to use it today to drink some coffee which you know might be the best way to drink coffee might be the best way to drink coffee that was ever invented Uh, At least I think so. Hopefully you do too. So we thank you for your support and only want you to donate or become a member or buy merch if you can swing it. So don't do anything that puts you in financial trouble, friend. So thanks again and hopefully we can keep Cheerful Ghost independent through your continued support.
0: All right, on to happier topics. Tim, what have you been playing over the past month or so?
2: Well, it finally happened. After having gotten most of the way through the game and then having my save file get corrupted, having to start over, getting tired, and then kind of, you know, moving on to other things, letting uh, about a year, maybe two years pass. Oh, God, actually, maybe even longer. But then picking it up on the PlayStation 4, I have finally beaten Grand Theft Auto 5. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Such a good game. It is. So much fun. I'm glad to have finally got to the end. Uh, I chose the, the third way where, well, spoiler alert here. So uh, anybody who hasn't beaten it, I'm giving you a few seconds to skip ahead. I chose the option where you did not kill either Trevor or Michael and uh, was pretty satisfied with the, with the ending there especially the big fight at the foundry. I thought that was really fun.
0: That was a massive fight.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it was fun, though. <laughs> it's really, really fun. Uh, let's see here. Um, slowly but surely, I'm making my way through Borderlands 3. Um, I've still been playing with mostly with a friend co-op here and there, just when our schedules allow. Um, About a week, maybe two weeks back, The Division 2 was on sale for three bucks and i played the first one quite a bit not the greatest game but you know it was for three bucks i mean it's it's hard to say i'm not getting my three dollars of value out of the game it's uh it's a fun kind of like loot shooter thing uh the topic hits a little close to home with uh basically taking place in a pandemic uh where uh, you know a a disease has laid waste to the united states how
1: often do you have to wash your hands in the game uh you don't uh, okay so it's total bullshit wash your then. hands it's completely not realistic
2: okay, yeah gotcha yeah
1: not at all do you have is your is the first
2: is the first quest search for toilet paper no but um The closest it gets is, like, when you walk into your, like, base, you kind of have to go through, like, a decontamination thing. Right, right. But, like, you don't even, like, have to stop. You just walk through this, like, tunnel that looks like it's lit up with UV lights and there's, like, smoke spraying out. So okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah.
1: In the future, uh, you don't need to wash your hands. Just magic smoke and lights. Yay!
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's the
0: Star Trek decontamination chamber.
1: There you go. No wonder everyone's dead. They didn't follow basic rules.
2: <laughs> yeah. Outside of that, um, I've, I've been hooking up, uh, the PlayStation two. I hooked up my PlayStation three and I've been showing the kids some of the older like PlayStation games. Um, my middle kid so far has really, uh, liked star ocean, um, See, I think it's Star Ocean 2 that was the one that was on the PlayStation 1. Yeah, Star Ocean 2. She's been playing that one quite a bit, and so far she seems to be liking that one. Um, they've been playing Kingdom Hearts. Um, my youngest decided he wanted to try Final Fantasy IX, and I don't think I think he's a little too young. He didn't really stick with it too long. But you know, I've made them available for them to play, and they've been trying out new stuff, which I'm pretty excited with. And that's really about it. Um Haven't had a whole lot of extra time to uh, be diving into the games here. I know a lot of other people I've been seeing, you know, been tweeting about having extra time. But between uh, trying (laughs) to school three kids, work full time from home, plus just all the extra day to day stuff that, you know, you still got to do. Still got to mow the lawn. Yeah. (laughs) Still got to, you know, clean the house. Um, I actually say we're cleaning the house more because we have the children home more. And so they make more messes. But uh, I haven't had a lot of extra free time. So not as much gaming as I would have liked.
0: Yeah, it seems like uh, now is probably a good chance to get your kids interested in some old classic games. Uh, It seems like you were doing that. John, you sent us a picture earlier with uh, you introducing Finley to one. So good segue for you. Go ahead, John. What have you been playing lately?
1: Yeah. So, um, unlike Tim, I've actually been playing like a whole smattering of things, but it's mostly been either with my son, um, or it's just been in the evening when he's in bed (laughs) again, like with Tim, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a whole new world now. Um, so I love retro games. Obviously. Right. I mean, I mean, clearly. Right. So I I make them (laughs) right. Travis and I make them. Right. Right, So, um, So I I really love the Super Nintendo Classic, and honestly, I'm bringing it back, and my son really has enjoyed playing the Super Nintendo Classic with me. Currently, his favorite game is Super Metroid, and uh, that might seem weird. Like, why out of all the games on the Super Nintendo Classic, would he like
2: that one the most? Do you guys think you might Uh, know the reason? Because it's one of the most perfect games ever made? Well, yes. Okay,
0: but I was going to ask you that question, because it does seem like, I don't think I would have been into that at that age at all, Mm -mm. so...
2: Mm -mm. I know. So
1: I'm playing the game and my wife's like, wow, this soundtrack is really dark. I'm like, yeah, it's great. huh?" Th- but OK, no, this is the reason why. OK, so when you're three or four, your um your ability to react to things is pretty terrible. Like you fall over a lot. You skin your knee a lot um he i mean he like hits himself all the time you know he's always crying because he's always falling over and stuff like that it's normal you know we all did it right we all grew up i still do it yeah
0: well you you guys grew out of that what the hell (laughs) (laughs) that's funny
1: so so he's you know so his enjoyment of games is it's different than mine because if i put in time to a game you know i can see myself get better at it with him it's a little different however if you guys remember super metroid You've got that incredible intro that every time he watches it, which is every time we sit down to play it, he makes me read it to him, which is really fun to do different voices and pretend you're Samus and then all that kind of thing. But if you guys remember the first 20 minutes of that game, there's almost no fighting. Right. So you're on the spaceship And you just explore until which he calls the dragon. He calls Ridley the Dragon. <laughs> he loves he loves that dragon. And honestly, you just take damage and take it down 20%. And then from there, I take it out because he can't leave the leave the space station in 50 seconds. And after that, you're on Zebs for about 20 minutes with no fighting at all. So he can explore things. He can jump around. He can shoot stuff. And he doesn't die. So it's not frustrating for him. He can explore. He can collect missiles. He can get the um he can get the morph ball. He can morph under things. I have to help him with a couple things he can't quite shoot down yet. But that's why I love Super Metroid, because it's just a game where he can exist, not get frustrated, not die, and just have fun and explore. For about 25 minutes. So that's why he really likes that game. And I realized, like, wow, you know, these games are not for three or four year olds. They never were, but some games can work in that context. And it's funny how I'm thinking about, you know, when we play games and the context that he has like super Mario world, he isn't good at it. He dies a lot. So for him, the fun thing he likes to do is just walk over the over map which I'm, you know, unlocking quite a bit of the overworld map and just Mm -hmm. screw around in a level and then just walk more in the overworld, screw around a level, walk around. You know, he's not he's not trying to beat a level. He's just trying to have fun in the game. Also, Mega Man X. So we're playing Mega Man X, right? And he thinks it's hilarious to jump in a pit and die. I'm like, well, you're supposed to jump over. He can totally jump over. He totally knows how to do that. He's fine at it. He just doesn't want to. He wants to die and blow up. He thinks that's awesome to blow up. Or we're playing F Zero. His favorite thing to do in F Zero is to hug the rail and explode. He loves
0: it. <laughs> See, my experience with F zero is basically that and then getting frustrated and walking away. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's fun. That game, that game is is pretty hard. I love it. I love playing it. So we also start an earthbound game. I'm not really sure he's interested as me in me playing it, but I will read it to him and we'll talk about what we want to do. Like, you know, we need to go in the store and buy the, is it okay if we buy these armor? You know, he's like, okay. And we named the characters mm-hmm. like he's Finn. My son's name is Finley. So he's in the game mime in the game i put my wife's name in the game we put our dog our new puppy in the game so uh whose name's ruby by the way her name is ruby so she's in the game but um that's been really fun so the super nintendo classic and i plan on continuing to play those games with him playing old nintendo games with him um forever actually because i i think that that's kind of how i was raised on games and i and i think that he needs to understand the classics I think that's really important. It's like it would be like, you know, when I sh- when he, you know, when we start thinking about music more, when we listen, when we listen to it, when he was a baby, I let him listen to a whole bunch of kind of music, you know, classical rock, rap, etc and all this kinds of stuff. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, jazz, I view it in the same way.
0: My favorite story of Finley is when he told you that please play obey your master, <laughs>
1: master, <laughs> daddy. Yeah, he what he what he says is, daddy, can you play master, master? And I'm like, yes, they can play that song. (laughs) That's how he asked for it.
2: (laughs) Getting him started right. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, he loves that song. He loves it. Uh, It's a great song, a great album, by the way. So, in terms of other games I've been playing by myself, again, this is going to be a smattering, but Ultimate NES Remix for the 3DS. I wrote about it on Cheerful Ghost. It's real fun. Imagine, like I said, classic games, uh, Nintendo games, but you there, you you have like achievements and unlockables you could do they're all just like in excite bike do this match without you know falling over one time or knock over three different people or whatever it's great they've got zelda things you can do mario challenges they're all just challenges and it's super fun if you got a 3ds it's real cheap pick it up I bought risk of rain two Again, I wrote about this on cheerful ghost. I've mostly just been playing the original risk of rain, which is incredible on the switch. It's as if it was made for it. I'm going to eventually get to risk of rain two, but I'm just focusing on the original, which I loved. And I totally just wanted to play that. So I bought it. I also got slay the spire on the switch. Uh, real great. It's uh, it's like a perfect kind of like deck building game where you start. It's like a roguelike where you start out and, you, and then you f- pick cards and You can do a character that has certain kinds of um, things. You can collect like runics or runes or something that affect your playthrough. And some playthroughs can be incredible and some are less incredible, but I really like it a lot. Slay the Spire is really fun. Um, Epic Game Store, since I'm not an angry gamer, I have an Epic Game Store account. I've never bought anything there, but um, they give away a ton of free games. One of the free games they gave away was gave away was ape out uh, on PC. Wow. Is it great? It's basically a, Indie game where you're an ape in a um, experiment or they're experimenting on you and you escape and you're trying to murder humans and and escape their guns and stuff and stay alive to get out. And that's 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 the point. It's very Hotline Miami like. But it's 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 it sort of takes it in a different direction. I love the art style. The music is great because it's just this one person on a drum kit. And as the um, and as you like kill a human, it's like a hit on the, uh on the crash. And um, as things get more frantic, the drumming gets um, just more intense. It's so good. I've heard it's really great on switch. I've only played on PC But if you can play Ape Out and you got it for free on the Epic Game Store, you definitely should install it. It's really, really fun. Just a really great game. Uh, I also tried Gwent on iOS. I didn't realize that it was on iOS on iPhones. It's okay. Didn't hook me, but it's fun. If you're looking for a card game, give it a shot. I didn't really blow my world, blow my mind, but it it was okay. So, I mean, again, like I've been playing a whole lot of games and Super Nintendo games with my son, but uh, those have been some of the games that I've been playing
0: yeah i honestly haven't been playing that much uh katie and i've been watching a lot of tv which we'll get to in the next section but uh as far as what i've been playing uh i dove into doom 2016 to just play around in a few levels here and there not to like do any progression just to kind of remind myself what that was like because i do want to play uh doom eternal soon i haven't really felt like gaming that much lately so um i haven't bought that yet but i plan to soon uh the reviews for it are just incredible uh i wasn't really waiting for reviews i assumed i would like it apparently
1: it's one of the best shooters if not the best shooter of all time i've read that i've
0: read about a couple of kind of annoyances people have with it but beyond a few minor things it seems like it's just incredible so i can't wait to get a hold of that but yeah like i said i wanted to kind of remind myself of what doom 2016 was like to kind of get a good comparison going there but man doom 2016 still holds up i mean it wasn't that long ago but still it just feels so nice to dive back in there it's been a couple of years um tim like you i also played a little bit of gta 5 recently um that's kind of a comfort game for me if i just feel like playing something and i don't know what it is it's usually something that gta 5 will fix the craving for so i throw that on and you know, just drive around, do a couple of missions, goof off, whatever. Um, it's something I would kind of like to go back in and do a full playthrough again at some point. But with, you know, as long as that takes to complete and how many games there are out there that I want to play, I kind of wonder if I'll ever get back to that. But I hope I do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know we need to dive into the online some more.
0: Yeah, we do. We do. Um, Other than that, though, it's mostly been a couple hours of Fallout 76 here and there. Um, Still really looking forward to those new updates they've got coming out. But uh, yeah, until that comes, I've just kind of been hopping in and trying to sell off some stuff to get some inventory space ready for all the new stuff they're going to throw at us and just kind of goofing around. Um, It's kind of funny with a lot of player vendors out in the wild you can see uh a lot of people have collected some toilet paper and are putting that up for the maximum amount that they can sell it for which is you know <laughs> kind of hilarious
1: that's fun that's
0: fun i saw one with a a sink and somebody had letters over it that said wash your hands <laughs> but yeah that's about it that's all i've been playing this uh for this month So, John, what have you been watching over the past month?
1: I want to start off with something that I haven't been watching, but I've been listening to. And uh, recently, Nine Inch Nails, a couple days ago, actually released Ghosts 5 Together and Ghosts 6 Locusts for free on NIN.com or their website. So if you wanted to like you're an old grandpa and you've got MP3 files, kids, MP3 files, are what you use used to listen to digital music on instead of streaming everything back in the day. Like, uh, uh, you know, like it's, uh, you know, 1800s or something, but, uh, it's really good. I I like nine inch nails a lot. I, there've been a band that I've really been a fan of since the nineties. And they're, I think they're still with the music they've done for film scores and even, you know, their last full album, bad, Witch, are a vital, musical group you know and then Atticus joined you know Trent a couple years ago full time in the band I mean he's always he'd been making music with him since I believe with Teeth but uh, became a part of the band and um, I think their music again is just as vital now as it was then in you you take Ghosts 5 together and Ghosts 6 Locusts which are album this these two albums are written for the time that we're in right now Like they spent time in the studio to say, let's do um, um, instrumental songs that, you know, the Together album, which categorizes a bit more optimistic and feelings of good of being with people that you love that support you. And then Locusts, which is, you know, less positive uh, about kind of how the world feels right now, you know, during during this pandemic. And I think they nailed it. It's not a very accessible album. I want I want to be really clear. This isn't this isn't Star Wars, you know, music or whatever. It it's really experimental. I I love that about it. You know, you listen to a song and you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, what are they doing? Like, I know one song where it's, it's just like the whistling is weird and it's or this one thing. And I'm like, I don't even know what instrument that is. I, I, I can't even I don't even know what they're doing. And it's so cool. But some of it's so tense, some of it's so um, so sublime and it's free, you know, and I love adding that to my collection. You know, it was a good day when I saw that. Um, I think oddly this, these two albums would make a lot of sense in vinyl if you just wanted to play an album and listen to it. Cause they're, they're that kind of music. I mean, they're, they're, it, it, they have this really non, uh, this really sort of analog quality, although most, a lot of it's digital for sure what they're doing. But in that it's, it's, it's kind of like, it sounds kind of like torn up in a way, you know, um, Nine Inch Nails does a lot of that where they'll just, take this sound and then they'll degrade it and just kind of sounds like really analog or ripped up and it's it's really great. So, I want to start off with that. So, if you go to nin.com, you can download that album, both albums for free right now. Uh Ghosts 5 together and Ghosts 6 Locusts. Uh Travis have you listened to these yet?
0: I have. Uh, I thought I, I, to be fair, I wasn't paying close attention to them. I feel like it requires more of than what I was giving it. But what I heard, I enjoyed. Um, you mentioned that you thought they would be great for vinyl and I was looking for that. Did, have they mentioned anything about a physical release?
1: Nope. No, it seems like they wanted to get them out sooner yeah. and that, so they don't have that. The last ghosts one through four they, they actually had the ability to order. You could get the first Ghosts 1 for free, and then you could order, like, and I ordered, this is back in the day, but yeah. I ordered, you know, the CDs that had the DVD where you could get the music and stuff. So I imagine that'll all come later. I hope it does. Because um, Trent and Atticus mostly now just release digital music or vinyl. They don't mm-hmm. do CDs anymore, which is unfortunate because Travis and I are kind of, again, we're your grandpa and we like CDs, so... Um, <laughs> But I've been you know, I've got a record player, so I've been doing that, too. So um, so another um album. So another so in this sort of video, what I've been watching video, I want to talk about this Netflix trash called Love is Blind. It's um, a reality TV show where the premise is we're going to put all these people in an area and they need to meet each other by just talking. They can't see each other and they have, and then the goal is to find someone to eventually marry. So you have to decide in a week or something with just talking to people who you want to marry. And it's, it it's like, the perfect kind of reality tv garbage in the same way that eating a bag of oreos is amazing it's just that it's going to send you straight to hell and it's way too many calories and it tastes really good and you're going to die of a heart attack but it's so awesome and it's like no one wants to watch you eat a bag of oreos cuz it's sad but you love watching people eat a bag of oreos that's what love is blind is like because is so much drama it's so it's so bad just people being terrible some people being terrible some people are actually really great and i would say the couple that they focus on um is, is really sweet but there are some people in this where it's like wow burn it down burn it down you know where it's like wow it's like those fish that walked out of the water to become man later in evolution they just if the fish saw the show they would kill themselves um because they didn't want that to happen in life, you know, this show. But um, if, if you're interested in um, sort of eating a bag of Oreo cookies, <laughs> um, love is blind. It's on Netflix. It's real popular. I know why I'm not watching season two. Um, so, you you know, I mentioned a little while ago that I was rewatching stranger things and I mentioned that I was rewatching stranger things too. And it was about halfway through So I finished it. And Travis, you had a question where I did. You're like, Hey, did that X-Men episode hold up? Well, I'm here to say that it wasn't as bad as I remember uh, because I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine, but I didn't watch it all. I just skipped about half of it, but it was fine. Like it, it wasn't like, I just, I just realized that the thing about the X-Men episode is that you have a much more interesting show going on and then she goes and does something less interesting. Yeah. That's, I think that's my biggest critique. Like you already have, like you, you stop with the Demi dogs rolling you know, for them and, and everyone's there and you've got Samwise Gamgee and everything, you know, and, the, and they're all in the, you know, in, in that one place and, and the, the Demi dogs are coming and then you cut to a less interesting side story. I, I think that's the biggest critique of it that I have. But Stranger Things 2 is great. I. I i think i i think our critique when if i remember when we reviewed it was that it was really rough seeing will byers screaming again <laughs> it is yeah. it yeah. is uh by season three they fixed that he he's not screaming uh the whole time
0: not and, the whole time uh, at least
1: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um so i also finished season eight of mystery science theater 3000 this show continues to be a joy my favorite show of all time it's so good um it's a really good one. I mean, in this season you got um, uh, Kevin who joined um, and I, I think that uh, or Bill Corbett rather. And I think as, as Tom Servo and, and you can see that it's just peak Mike season eight and uh, it ends on a really strong episode and I can't wait to get into season nine. It was great. Uh, these seasons take me uh, about a year to finish because they're about an hour and a half per show. I was like 30 in a season. So, um, but it was great. Really good. We also watched on Netflix, bad moms Christmas. Okay guys, let me, let me think bad moms. Christmas isn't a terrible movie. I wouldn't say that it's great, but it's fun and it's shocking. Um, I will say that they use male strippers in this show in a way that I think is kind of interesting. Um, it's not the worst. And some of the humor is so juvenile. And I would say even just legitimately bad, But if you're looking for a fun movie that will absolutely take you out of pandemic brain, Bad Moms Christmas is so weird that it'll just you just won't remember that you're dealing with the worst human crisis of uh, modern times. So uh, Bad Moms Christmas, it'll make you think that you're not in a pandemic circus anymore. And finally, um, I watched the Easter 177, which is the Unbreakable trilogy. So after I picked up Glass on 4K, rewatched them all. Um, I would say largely that they're a, it's a great trilogy, but I don't I don't think that it the 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 latter two make a lot of sense with, with Unbreakable. I mean they do, but it's not tonally they're they're quite different, and it's more like it's the split trilogy. Frank, frankly, um, when by the time you get to Glass and the fact that Bruce Willis costs a lot of money to be in a movie and he's not in a lot of it, uh, but he's great when he's in it uh in, in terms of glass and all that. But I, I think it really works as a trilogy. Um just tonally it's it's a little, you know, different from when you know starting an unbreakable to the end. But um really solid. Really solid. Really, really glad I got glass.
0: Awesome. Tim, how about you?
2: All right. Well my wife and I are continuing our rewatch of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We're about eh, maybe about halfway two-thirds of the way through uh, season two now. Uh, we uh, have needed a little levity these days, so we've been trying to look for some good, you know, comedies. Uh, one of the things we watched is, uh, thankfully, uh, Archer season nine, I think it was, the season where uh like sci-fi-themed hit Hulu. Oh, uh, yes. And so we, yeah, we we tried not to binge it too fast to make it last but we still wrapped it up in probably about 2 weeks <laughs> mm. um it that show is just so funny and all the characters in it are just terrible but in a <laughs> hilarious way and we just love that show so much uh we've also been watching uh, shits creek on netflix and um i actually like that one a lot more than i thought i would um I watched the pilot and kind of knew what the premise was and was like, all right, you know, it's, it's OK, but um, it's kind of funny, but it's it's really grown on me. I like the characters a lot more than I thought I would initially. Um, I think it's one of those shows where like all the characters are kind of, you know. Weird and hilarious, but you there's still that little bit of like you can kind of see how they would at least function as as people And I think that's an important thing. That's, you know, like Park and Rex is one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. And I think a lot of that is because even though they're all weird characters and they're all crazy in their own ways, you can believe that they function in like a normal society, more or less. You know, there's got to be that little bit of like grounding, that little bit of believability there that just keeps them from, you know, being completely out there so and i i think Schitt's creek walks that tightrope pretty well there
0: that's a really good way to describe that like you feel like they're slight caricatures of people that you could know in real life
2: exactly yeah. yeah you know you have to at least believe that they that they would be functioning people <laughs> however broken <laughs> yeah. and you know weird or bizarre they might be that they could at least get by on their on their own more or less um let's see here what else have we been watching uh i watched castlevania season three i binged that one pretty good on my own um this season got weird I don't want to say too much about it because I know we were kind of talking about possibly doing
1: weirder than the last one because season two is pretty weird.
0: It was.
2: Oh, this one gets pretty weird. In terms of people like hurting themselves and, you know, Dracula
1: hates himself and wants to die and.
2: Yeah, nope, they turned the weird factor up on this season, but <laughs> I, can't I liked wait. it. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'm going I'm to prioritize yeah. this
1: now. Yeah. So I always I, thought I Dracula was, Castlevania was pretty weird. but
2: Yeah, I think we're going to do a, an actual episode on that, so I'm not going to say too much about okay, it. But just, okay, cool. I I am so there for season four. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I I really liked the character growth for Trevor and um, uh, cipher, yeah, it's it totally gets two thumbs up for me, and I I highly recommend you guys watch it.
1: Cool, because I do not like Trevor too much, so hopefully I start liking him, or he becomes even more unlikable. I don't know what I don't know.
0: <laughs> so uh, Westworld season three just started up, and Katie and I watched through season two to kind of refresh us before we went in. And this was the third time that we'd watched season two. Uh, the first time we watched it as it was airing. And then we decided that we needed to give that a couple of weeks and watch it again, just because it was kind of all over the place in terms of timelines and stuff. And we wanted to kind of go through and do a rewatch to firm everything up. And for some reason it, for both of us, it took the third watch through this time to really thoroughly enjoy it. Um, Maybe even as much as season one, finally. Um, I know that's uh, it, kind of polarized fans, but it seems like everything polarizes fans these days, so that's not really newsworthy. But um, yeah, it was really good the second time or third time through, and we're really enjoying season three so far. Um, I don't want to say much about it just in case people haven't seen any of it, but it's gotten pretty weird. Um, if you watched. Season 1, Episode 1, and Season 3, Episode 1, you might not even think you were watching the same show. It's, it's pretty crazy, but we can't wait to see what's coming out for that this season. Uh, we also uh, recently watched... If you want to talk about something to distract you from the pandemic right now, did it get you out of pandemic brain? There is a 17-minute short film on Netflix, Netflix from David Lynch called What Did Jack Do?, And it is a mind fucker. Oh my God. Like it's David Lynch. So what do you expect? That's what David Lynch does. But this is kind of peak Lynch where it's like, here's 17 minutes. You have one room to work with. Do your worst David Lynch. And man, it was, (laughs) it was weird. I think it was a comedy. I think if you approach it as a comedy, it's pretty great, but it's David Lynch. So who knows what he was doing, but I want to read you guys a review from IMDb, and this kind of sums it up. I'm not sure what I just watched. I'm not sure if I liked it or not. I'm not sure I'm ever going to trust my brother when he tells me what to watch on Netflix ever again. However, <laughs> I feel a bit like something very important happened in my life in the past 17 minutes. <laughs> and that's from Alice Pepperpot on IMDb, and that's that's pretty much what you'd expect from that. It's um, It's the standard crazy ass david lynch but it was pretty funny and in parts it kind of felt like he let loose some markov chain ai on it to write the script itself because some stuff just doesn't make sense but it's 17 minutes and it's on netflix you guys should check it out and let me know if you feel like you were taking an lsd trip at the time
2: (laughs) and if you Uh, were how that turned out right right (laughs) Okay, now I gotta check this out. Oh, it's great! You're, you're talking about like a 17 minute short film that's just kind of like, what the hell's going on? It reminded me that there was actually one other thing. Oh yeah, go ahead. That me and my wife watched recently. Now this is something that I've actually watched before because it's it's quite old. It's you know been around for a couple of years and you can find it on YouTube for free. You know, but there was a series of short films that. Um, I forget the actor's name, uh, but he, he played Ben Wyatt on Park and Rex. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Thank you. Yes. So he put together these like four short films called the greatest event in television history. And I don't want to give away too much about it, but they are absurd and they are hilarious. Um, Just like, Check them out on YouTube. They're free. Each one's about like, you know, 17, 20 minutes long, somewhere around there. He brings in, you know, a whole bunch of other like stars and like former cast members that you'll recognize from his other projects. And they, they, you know, I have no idea how much of it is ad libbed and how much is scripted. But you it the care and, and work that they put into something that is just utterly insane is incredible, and I highly recommend it. I showed my wife these because, again, we were looking for something that's kind of funny. I know she's a fan of Adam Scott, and so we we watched all four of them in one night because <laughs> they're just they're weird, but they're funny. And yeah, if you if you want a good distraction, you could watch all four in an evening, or you can space them out if you want when you need that little like absurd humor hit to to get you through a hard a hard moment.
0: Nice. <laughs> I'm adding that to the list for sure. So, yeah. Uh, also, John, I have a question for you about Star Trek Picard. Did you keep watching that? And did it get nope. better for you?
1: Yeah, it got better. Cause I stopped. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. No, Ooh. I, I
1: haven't. Um, and I, I never, and it's interesting cause I stopped after we talked about it and I, listened to just reviews of it and nothing anyone said gave me reason to come back to watch it. Uh Should I, Travis, you've seen all of it. Uh, right? I, I have finish it.
0: I agreed with you that it was, didn't feel like a Star Trek show. Like the, the lack of Starfleet presence there, it was just a very different kind of feel for a show. But I do feel like in the last few episodes that changed a bit. Um, last, last four episodes, I guess when, I don't know, I feel like they t- took a long time to get to the point they were trying to make, and then they didn't have enough time with it once they got there but overall i don't i don't uh feel bad about watching ten episodes of that, and I would watch it all again uh I thought it was pretty good uh i it wasn't perfect, it had its pacing issues but um yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good uh the The last few episodes got really good, I thought, but I feel like reading reviews of it, I'm kind of an outlier, because it doesn't seem like many people like it, but I'm not sure. All right, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X are coming very soon, and we're here to tell you all about our opinions. So, Tim, what do you think? Are there any practical differences between the PlayStation and Xbox anymore? And why do you think so?
2: Well, as far as the specs go, I was reading up about it. And um, to be honest, I don't, I'm not the most knowledgeable when it comes to things like you know, the hardware side of tech. So most of it is just like a lot of numbers that get thrown at me that don't mean much. But from what I can tell, it looks like they're both going to be very similar. I mean, they're both running AMD processors. Uh They're both running solid state drives. They're both going to be able to do ray tracing, which is, you know, that's going to be like a big step up for, uh you know, for graphics and things like that. They're both going to be able to do 8K. <laughs> um As far as specs go, you know, I I guess the Xbox Series X is going to have a little bit more horsepower, but it also looks like it's also going to suck a lot more power. The PS5 is going to be a little bit more energy efficient, um, run a little bit cooler, but I don't really see a lot of difference in fart, you know, in terms of hardware muscle between the two. So I don't know. It doesn't seem like specs are going to be a big issue this time
0: Yeah. John, how about you?
2: So I I mostly agree with what Tim
1: said. I mean, I I don't think that there is a huge difference between the two anymore, but I think that it definitely seems like if you're not considering IO throughput, which is a thing, you know, uh, that the PlayStation seems to do better on that. It seems like the Xbox actually is in, in the lead. And I think I think the Xbox is in the lead in a few ways that actually matter to me more um, so if you think about it, like the PlayStation five, um, I've heard reports that, um, and you can see this confirmed actually by them too, but like the, the PlayStation five was actually GPU wise and CPU wise actually clocked a lot less like their graphics and stuff like they weren't clocking in at 10 teraflops like they say they're 10 teraflops now but it was actually clocking in more like eight so for sony to catch up after microsoft was like check this out they are kind of overclocking things a bit more which which is fine but what that means practically speaking is that micros and microsoft's xbox series x is the the way that it is it's that box shape because what they decided to do was say cooling is going to be a first class consideration we don't want this to sound like it's a jet engine every time you have it on so we're going to have it be just like a cooling tower and it'll be a little bit different than the console contour that you're used to to get that well i'm not sure what playstation 5 is but my guess is it's going to be like all the other playstations and be a jet engine so i think for me like (laughs) i i would like something loud yeah yeah oh my god my playstation 3 was so low. like it was distracting when i would watch movies and they would get low you know uh i don't know about the playstation 4 I, I never had one but um but i think if you look at all the things that matter to me i think the xbox series x looks better right so it's got um a larger hard drive it's actually like one terabyte ssd uh mm-hmm. the playstation 5 has 825 and that's actually really important because if you think about how big games are now Right? Oh, absolutely you, that really matters that's like two games right three games that's really important that's a huge for the difference. next
2: generation that could be one game <laughs> could be could be could be yeah. but that's that's that's, that's really still important, an extra right? game that you can keep on there
1: exactly exactly right so so i think you know and i think the really big and another thing that really matters to me and again maybe for most people they don't because they're used to just buying all new everything again is the xbox series x is going to be compatible with Xbox one controllers, it's going to be compatible with Xbox one, all games, it's going to be compatible with Xbox 360 games and Xbox original games like the Xbox one is. And I think this is where Xbox takes the lead in a way that matters to me more than anything, because it seems like Sony, like if you look at what they're saying, the backwards compatibility isn't all PlayStation four games at launch. It's just some of them. And they maybe they'll add all of them later, but mm-hmm. it's not it's not a day one thing for them, um, and that's sad to me. I, I really would like Sony to care about this um, more, and they don't seem to, which is kind of sad. But but well, I, I don't I know about that. They... I
0: think that they, if you look at where the Xbox went, uh, they built theirs up kind of slowly over time too. It's just of course. That they. Yep. They have a big jump on it because they've been used to doing that so much already. So they can just kind of launch with this insane catalog right now. And Sony might need a little bit more time to get all that built up.
1: I mean, I I agree exactly what you're saying, but I think it it, it it's still true what I said, right? I mean, I think Microsoft cares about this more and they put more time into it. And it's something that Sony hasn't. And, and I think it's a problem uh, for me, but I, I don't think it's a problem for most gamers, again, because I think they're used to tossing like not tossing out all their games although they probably do and they get a new console to a certain extent which is which it's,
2: a little yay. part of me dies thinking about that well i mean it just yeah like, i'm a i'm a game <laughs> collector I, I right as long gamer, as you sell though. it to
1: gamestop right like i don't care as long as you sell it to someone don't throw it in the garbage but um as someone who loves used stuff and retro games like you don't have to keep it just don't throw it away you know sell it yeah Or something. So I think for me, like, I think there is a difference and I think for everything that I care about, the Xbox um, series X kind of X is out. PlayStation.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, no, I I think the reverse compatibility is a big deal. Um, The report that I was reading said that the PS five will be uh, compatible with most PlayStation four games. Now, most versus some, yeah, you know, well, we'll see what that actually looks like when the console comes out here. I'm glad that they're at least trying to make it reverse compatible. That's one thing that really sucked about the Agreed. PlayStation uh, PlayStation four is that it's not compatible with any of the previous generations. And that blows my PlayStation. I didn't get one of the PlayStation threes that was compatible with PlayStation two. Um, but I can at least play PlayStation one games on it. And that's a big deal. and, you know right now i've got my playstation 2 hooked up i've got my playstation 3 hooked up i've got my playstation 4 hooked up so that i can play all the playstation games it would be really really awesome to only have to have like one unit to play everything and the fact that you know microsoft is making reverse compatibility a huge concern that you're going to be able to play you know some of your Xbox games as well as the 360 and Xbox 1 games on the Series X. That's in that's incredible, man. Like I've I've pretty much stuck with Sony through all the different console generations just more because I'm familiar with Sony um and their exclusives just slightly were better, you know, based on my personal gaming preferences. But like the way Microsoft is treating this, it kind of makes me wish I'd stuck it out with the Xbox and followed them through, so that all my games could have been played on one system. Like that's, yeah, I I really commend Microsoft for that. I think that's going to be a big selling point with a lot of gamers is that they can keep their library and just move up to the next generation.
1: I I don't mean to dump on sony this is not me dumping on sony i loved my playstation 3 until it broke i mean, I got one of my friends gave me his old one so i have one still i loved it i think it's about as perfect a console as you can get had blu-ray dvd upscaling it was amazing so this is not me i I can't speak to the playstation 4 because again it didn't have backwards compatibility i was out but um but Sony's been really inconsistent about backwards compatibility at first with the PlayStation two, they had it and then PlayStation three had it and then PlayStation threes didn't have it. And then they took Linux off and then they lost the lawsuit. So it's like as much as it seems like gamers love Sony, I don't, I honestly don't kind of understand it. Right. Because if you look at what Microsoft is doing, they're treating it more like a PC and sort of respecting your investment where Sony is less so. And I will sing Sony's praises to the end of the earth if they add backwards compatibility back into their consoles and care about it. But I'm not sure their track record suggests that they do for very long. And I and again, it's like they're focusing on buying all new hardware and all new games. And I I think that for a lot of gamers that works. But I just as someone who like loves retro stuff and the thought about it, and at least with Nintendo systems having at least one generation, it goes back. I don't know. I'm I'm going to stop talking, Travis. What do you think? Uh, you come in here and save Sony. We've been savaging them for a little bit here.
0: Well, I definitely agree that that backwards compatibility is like huge. It is it is huge, especially for game preservation. You know, in Ten, twelve years. Well, okay, let's say more like fifty, sixty years. Who knows which systems are even going to be running anymore? And like the more systems that can play the more games, the better in the long run. Because it's kind of sad to think about a time when we wouldn't be able to play some of these games. But you know, for me at a personal level, um, that's not a practical difference. For my consideration, because, you know, I have a PS3 if I want to hook it up and play PS3 games, but I don't play many anymore. So PS4 is fine. Um, And I do have an Xbox one, which I've questioned. Yes. Question.
1: Okay, so I would argue that accessibility is king over anything. Right. So I would say that if someone has a DVD, a Blu-ray of a film, but can stream DVD quality, so someone would have to go to their shelf take out a blu-ray film put it into a blu-ray disc tray stick it in the thing turn it on wait a second or could click stream now and dvd quality i think most people are going to do dvd quality so i think that accessibility and ease is king so i do you think that there's a world where you might play a playstation 3 game if you actually could when it was a playstation 4 was connected to your television I mean, it's possible You have to take out the PS4. You have, th- I actually have a PS3 have to hooked plug up to my TV
0: right now. I like, I don't, Oh, you on, do. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, okay. I okay. have played like one or two over the past few years, but it hasn't been okay. that many.
1: Okay. Okay. Got, okay. That, that was what I was asking because gotcha. I think for me, like I have to go into a closet, you know, get on a ladder, <laughs> literally <laughs> grab my PlayStation three, plug it in, plug in the controllers. I ain't fucking doing that for a while. No. You know what I mean? Like I'm not doing that. <laughs>
0: But yeah, like you guys said, it really does sadden me when I when people just like trade in all of their stuff for the new console. I had a friend that did that. Like the Xbox 360 came out, he took his Xbox and all the games and everything in to trade in. And ah, uh, why would you do that? But anyway, because you need
1: five dollars down <laughs> for your next <laughs> system.
0: I know. <laughs> uh, we talked about like you know how the coronavirus is affecting things, and it seems like it's hitting some businesses pretty hard. And a lot of like people were saying that. GameStop probably wouldn't survive through the year anyway. And it looks like that's kind of hastening things. I heard they're closing like 320 stores. And to be honest, it's kind of the end of an era, but I'm not that sad to see them go because their business model was kind of semi-predatory in that way. Like, we're going to give you about 25% of what we can sell this thing back for when you could just go on Craigslist and sell it for way more than what we're giving you. It was always kind of scummy. But anyway... That's neither here nor there. Um,
1: uh, I agree. And and one way to GameStop, good riddance. But on the other hand, like, like when you're at a mall, it's like oh, it's I don't so love Forever go 21, browse. right? Yeah. Exactly, right? I'm not going to go into icing, right? I got nothing yeah. for me there. You know, like Jamba Juice, F that. You know, GameStop's one of the only stores that are cool. And so it's a little sad. Um, on the other hand, $5, best you could do for all of my games? No, well, <laughs>
0: That can rot. Yeah, it's like that Pawn Stars thing, but just, you know, worldwide. (laughs) But yeah, um, the backwards compatibility stuff is great. For me, the practical difference for what makes me choose one over the other is going to be the games. Uh, You mentioned accessibility. Let's just say that I could stream, like, for instance, perfect quality stuff immediately... Or go to the shelf and get something, but the stuff I could stream was less good than what I could go to the shelf for, then I'm still going to go to the shelf. Um, And I think that's kind of a point in the PlayStation's favor in that the backwards compatibility isn't there as much. It looks like the PS5 is going to have some, but I would give up the convenience of having to keep up with multiple systems because the games are better the con- the the exclusives for PlayStation, like especially just looking at the PlayStation Four alone, you had Spider Man, you had Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War. Those three games alone, uh, if you told me. That I could not play those games again on my PS4, and I would have to buy this new system that could only play those three games. And it was $300 on its own, I would do it in a heartbeat because those, like, those Sony exclusives are so far and away better than the Xbox exclusives, just in my experience. That if that continues, that's going to be the deciding factor. And I'm going to go with a PS5 eventually. I never jump on them immediately, but you know, a year or two down the road when they drop in price a bit, yeah, I don't. Imagine my first one will be the Xbox Series X, but I'll probably do the same thing that I did with the 360 and the Xbox one and wait a few years down the line when it seriously drops and get a super Black Friday deal.
1: Yeah, seems like a really good idea. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about the name Xbox Series X. We had a text conversation about this when we were talking about the ideas (laughs) for the show, and John mentioned the Xbox One X, and then Tim was talking about how terrible that name was. And I was like, yeah, that is a fucking terrible name. Like, Why would they do that? And then I realized, wait, that's not even the name of this console. It's the Xbox Series X, not the Xbox One X.
2: And, and we're, like, fairly plugged in I know, to video I game news. So, like, we're <sighs> the, kind of their target audience, and we can't even keep their fucking names like, I know. <laughs> and, like in line here.
0: People who are, like, you know, not to get ageist here at all, but, like, people in their 60s and 50s are buying games for people who are in their 20s and don't keep up with this stuff. And the difference between an Xbox Series X and an Xbox One X is, like... <sighs> That's going to get confusing. It has to, John. Oh, absolutely. Tell us about your opinions on this name.
1: Um. Yeah, I messed the name thing up. Sorry. Uh, I. I. No, I I think it's
0: reasonable that you messed it up. (laughs) No,
1: (laughs) none of us caught it because they're too similar. (laughs) Right, exactly. I, I agree. Um, yeah, it probably isn't. It's it's a lot of X's. At some day, they're just going to do a triple X. Will be the next console, you know? Because you know, because then they can, you know, because there's they can just jam in more X's there. I, I I don't know what to say. It probably someone was snorting cocaine, and it was a really good idea. You know, marketing people do that. I, I, I think that uh, though, I don't have anything hugely impactful to say here. Um, although. Uh, I don't think the name really bothers me too much because at the end of the day, it seems like you could buy the Xbox one version or the Xbox series X version. And you're going to, they're going to be the same. I think my question really is, okay. So if, if you are going to release an Xbox one version and an Xbox one series X version, um, what will they need to Right? Because won't this, because I can play my Xbox one game on a series X does that just upgrade it? Do I get like an extra download? So I think for me, like because a lot of the, you know, I'm just curious because because when you get by an Xbox One game, you play on a Series X, you can play it in upgraded 4K visuals and some of them, you know, because they have that extra They you download. Yeah, there's like a patch, patch or for something it. Like yeah. So I'm just curious, yeah. practically speaking, how it's going to work. And then will the Xbox One game be cheaper and the Series X games more expensive? Clearly, you couldn't play a Series X game on an Xbox One. Maybe. Or maybe they just it's it's all an Xbox one game and they just you just get a patch for the stuff. So so I'm just more interested in how they're going to handle that. And also another thing is Microsoft said that they're going to have like the streamer version of the Series X. So you're going to have the hardware beefy version, you know, that they're talking about the tower, you know, and then they're going to have a streaming only version, which I'm really interested to see what that's going to be. Right. Um, You you don't want to buy a game. You don't want to download it you don't need super heavy hardware well how, how much is that is that like 99 bucks for that it's not like a steam link so i'm curious about that but you know the name is it's not the greatest but it's not it's not killing me i, I think i'll figure it out but i do <laughs> think it's going to cause confusion no question about it oh yeah
2: It's like the Wii and the Wii U all over again. Did nobody learn that lesson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some kid's going to be like, we got you
1: a Series X for Christmas. And we're like, yeah, grandma, you're the greatest grandma ever. (laughs) He's like opening the present. Xbox. Xbox all digital edition for Xbox One. That's that's not that's not that's not it, grandma. Oh, I thought it was. It was ninety nine dollars. (laughs) Oh, grandma. So that's gonna happen. That's happening.
0: So, what do you guys think will be the next killer feature in the next wave of consoles? Tim, how about you?
2: Well, I mean, I think the ray tracing is going to be pretty big. It yeah, the demos that I've seen about it just look incredible. I mean, they even did it in Minecraft, and it made Minecraft look really great. <laughs> yeah, like that, the
0: the big demo that, that game's not, Nvidia yeah, has is um, exactly. Quake 2 and oh my god that game looks amazing and and with ray tracing and it's like a what 1999 game 1998 something like that
2: yeah I'm very interested to see how the PlayStation 5 um, audio is going to be because they're really pushing that like 3D sound kind of thing where the games can track like up to 100 different sound um, origins and then if you're wearing like a headset capable of playing it back you, you can like hear what direction things are coming from. You know, it's nice. like the next level of surround sound. Who knows how that's going to work out in practice, you know? And it could be that it, it requires expensive headsets <laughs> that nobody's going to want to spend the money on just yeah. to have something sound slightly better. I don't know, but it. I look forward to giving it a shot. Uh, John kind of touched on streaming a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, when I was... Reading over some different news getting ready for this episode, I read that Microsoft and Sony are collaborating on streaming technology for games because they want to make sure that they can compete with uh, like Google Stadia and the other, you know, uh, companies that might be looking to enter the game streaming market. So that's kind of interesting. I, I think streaming could be a really big deal with gaming. But again, we'll see. John, so the things that I care about, I'm not really sure everyone cares
1: about. So let me talk about the killer feature for <laughs> me first, and that is 4K Blu-ray on both consoles. Sony took a nap, you know, in the lap and on the PlayStation 4. I don't think they should have. I think they should have pushed 4K they Blu-ray, but they didn't. Yeah. Um, like no one cares anyways, but because everyone's streaming everything, but no one cares. Like I think Travis, Tim and I are the only people in the world that care about physical media anymore. It seems to be dying, but I'm glad that that's going to be a thing that, that, that everyone's going to have. And I, and I think for me, like that's important. I don't have a 4k player. I was looking at buying an Xbox one S or something like that to, uh, get one and now I'm I, I'll probably be again we ec- can't
2: even keep the name straight and we're the target audience <laughs> <laughs> right right um so so that'll be really cool but I think the really killer
1: feature that I don't think anyone can deny is that these consoles are going to be ssd based right so um I am yes. I have been a pc game a pc game player for a while so for me ssds or even hard drives aren't that slow really i mean pc hard drives are not too slow console hard drives my god they're so i don't know what it is they just got this even the 5400 yeah, rpms the 5,
0: in there or something
1: yeah and they even slower than that or so i don't know it's like they got a mouse with a hand crank in there it's so bad sometimes <laughs> um the console loads are just this the worst they're the worst um and when you're used to something like your phone uh the consoles seem like archaic nonsense. So I'm really happy that SSDs are going to become the norm now. Now it's going to make expansions getting hard drive expansions really, really expensive. I don't think people are going to understand that because for instance, you can't, you can't get a USB spinning drive, USB 3.1, and you can't use that to backpack. You could use it to copy your games on to store them, but not to play games off of. Microsoft won't let you because if you did that, the game would slow down and it would hurt your experience. You'd be like, oh, Xbox one. Sorry, sorry. Xbox Series X is slow. So if you want to play a new game, you're going to have to put it on there Um, SSD storage or their proprietary SSD storage that they're going to have because they want to be fast enough. Now, I guess if you're playing an older 360 game, you can backpack that to a slower drive or whatever. And that price difference is going to cause some people to especially even for the PlayStation 4, you want to get expansion for that. Those are going to be expensive. I don't think people are maybe expecting that Um, SSD storage is cheaper than it was. But it's not it's not, you know, right now you can just go to the store and buy any USB three drive, get a ridiculous amount of storage for real cheap. That is not the case for SSD now. So um, one upside to that real fast game load times, one downside,
2: (laughs) good luck upgrading it going to be a bit. So now, as you've said that one of the things I was reading earlier when again researching for this episode is that the Xbox Series X God, I hate that name. Still, um, one of the things they have is they're going to have a proprietary, um, yeah, yeah, like card that, yeah. that you yep. can slot into the back to expand yes. the uh, right. the the system storage. Now, I'm not a big fan of anything that says proprietary in it, because that usually yeah. means excessively expensive. Very much so, yeah. But at least that's an option. Again, S- so. We'll
1: see. Sony's going with something that's a little bit more of an open standard, yet they're so new. There's not a lot out there right now. So you're not going to find a lot that are going to be as fast as they're saying they should be. And Microsoft went with a proprietary thing because of the form factor and ease of putting it in as opposed to this open thing that's less accessible. And you could like shock because you literally have the hard drive chips on some of the stuff you buy are just available there. You know what I mean? So Microsoft would like a more modular approach that I would argue is actually pretty good. If you don't want to think about the fact that you could short this thing out and you just want to plug it in and go right. Yeah. Um, yeah, There's something to be said about ease of use. uh, Exactly. Or just, you know how people are going to interact with this thing. I like that Sony went with the open thing, but I'm not really sure which one is better or worse yet. We we don't know, but uh, either way, they're both going to be kind of expensive. And Microsoft, you know, if it's a proprietary thing, hopefully they license it out. I didn't read that it was being bound by any licensing considerations, but it probably will be probably.
0: So, yeah, um, I think that streaming might be the killer feature. It might not be. It could kind of go either way. Um, I've been kind of occasionally keeping up with the stadia news and i haven't seen a lot of people who are very happy with it it seems like the there's a lot of bottlenecks and most people who are just kind of on the line of like they have good enough internet service according to google but just barely are still experiencing a lot of problems so i'm kind of wondering if that sony and microsoft partnership is going to come up with something better. I'm, I'm really interested to see where that goes and how their kind of ownership model is going to be because it's kind of weird when you're purchasing something that is going to reside on somebody else's servers and if they ever decide to shut those servers down, it's gone. I'm very, very iffy about that. Like with something like Steam, you're buying it and you can download it. And if Steam ever goes away, you can still, you know, back up your own copies or whatever. But something that, Something like that, it's very easy to lose all your stuff. So I'm not sure where PS five and Xbox might go with this, but the technology that's coming out with game streaming is pretty good. Um, like I said, I haven't messed with the stadia, but I've been keeping up with it. And even, you know, like the people who are happy with it, it doesn't seem like there are that many of them, but like the latency is apparently almost nil which is surprising um i've heard that stuff like rocket league where you need like really really twitch reflexes are kind of problematic but for most kind of single player games it's not a problem but um i think that that might be the big one um ray tracing is going to be killer it's going to be great to look at but in terms of how that changes how we play i don't think it's really going to it's just kind of prettier to look at um I've been saying since like the PS3 I can't see how this could get any better, but it keeps getting better and it keeps looking more realistic, but I'm not sure at any point since the PS3 the visuals of the games have changed to the point where I feel like they're better because of it. I kind of felt like it got good enough for realistic looking games back then and you know i will definitely prefer the version that looks better but i don't think that i enjoy it more because of that so i
1: think the playstation 3 era i agree that was when graphics um i would say were really peaked and yeah. and i totally agree with you i think the only downside for that generation was a lot of games couldn't keep up with a reasonable frame rate Mm -hmm. and i think now they really can you can get 60 fps games now and playstation 3 era xbox like those games some of them struggled to be 20 you know what i mean so so it's nice to see the frame rate stabilize now and i think that's the biggest thing you know hertz is like a first class concern now
0: so kind of on that same topic, are these hardware updates critical to how we play video games? Tim, what do you think?
2: I mean, I'm a notorious late adopter, so I'm not exactly going to be beating down the, the doors of my local target or anything to pick one of these up at launch. <laughs> so uh, probably not in the short term. In the long term, I'm sure I will end up picking one of them, if not both, depending on, you know, like. Friday deals or, you know, whatever suits my fancy at that particular time. But uh, in the short term, I really don't think it's going to change much of how I play.
0: John, based on your most recent answer there, I think you're probably on the same page. But what do you think?
1: I don't think. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to give two answers. I think this hardware advancement is extremely important because I think as we continue to advance computing technology it's important in all aspects of our lives so i don't think you know it's kind of like you know we should never stop looking to the stars and going to mars and exploration i think we should always be moving forward in terms of new hardware i don't even think it matters you know apple comes out with a new laptop every year and i and i think they should because you know Faster computers in people's hands is better for, you know, creators and developers and musicians and people that make movies. And, and it just makes it easier to create things that we love and it's easier to play things that we love and enjoy them. You know, the games that I've that I enjoyed the most lately didn't require a ton of hardware. So for me, practically speaking, Does these are these hardware updates critical for me? Absolutely not. They're absolutely not. But do I welcome them? Absolutely. And I'm glad they're doing it because in a lot of ways, consoles set the pace for PCs and pricing. And I know it's weird, but like once these consoles are out, it's going to cause the pricing for these elements in PC gaming to go down which is really good because they're going to be seen as like okay well you at least have to have a PC that fits these specs right and these specs on a PC are pretty good it's not a great one but it's pretty good and I know that's like heresy because this is like the greatest what you this is the greatest consoles ever but it's not the greatest PC you could buy right now and I'm not using this as a way to slight consoles at all actually I think they're fantastic I'm just saying that It helps PCs that they do this. It helps consoles do this. You're going to see Microsoft and Sony vying for pricing. And then when this kind of stuff becomes normal, then Nintendo in five years will adopt it (laughs) and make the greatest handheld game system ever made. (laughs) That's 4K. You know what I mean? And so I think it's good for everybody to do this. So but does it matter to me personally? Uh, Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. I make text games, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. We don't need this shit to run. Yeah. Think about how crisp that yeah. text
0: could be on 4k though.
1: I know. I know. We're going to, we need to, we need to add 4k support. I mean, it's there. You could full screen at yeah. 4k, but you're yeah. not going to use it totally. Um, but yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of with you, what you're saying there. Um, what you said about the frame rates was definitely a good point. Like it, it, it is a very different experience without a high frame rate on games on the ps4 pro oh it's just it's beautiful um i think that in terms of how i play video games the only thing that is going to be important to me is which games i won't be able to play unless i buy the new system because they're going to be exclusives for whatever comes out and i have said many times i'm not a fan of exclusivity i think more gamers playing it on The way they want to play it is better, but I totally get from a business perspective why Sony would want to hold on to God of War and not let anybody else do it. But it still sucks to kind of have to decide whether you want to wait a few years to play this new game that you're excited about or jump on it. But in terms of practicality, for me, that's about the only thing. All right, final question, guys. John, if you had to pick one of these systems to buy right now based on what we know currently, which one would you pick?
1: PlayStation 4, easy. Uh, no, uh, it would be the Xbox Series X, uh, hands down. Again, I, got, I, I love backwards compatibility. I think that Microsoft is going in a direction. For me, the exclusives that Sony offers aren't anything that I... It, it's not a thing. Like, if you look at all the games I'm going to play, you could... Probably play all the Xbox series game Xbox series x games on pc It's not I'm not an exclusive uh Microsoft or Sony guy, and if you look at also where you're headed for exclusive Microsoft uh is looking at what Sony's doing and they bought out a whole lot of companies. And I think it's sad, honestly. So I agree with you, Travis. I think exclusivity is sad. And I think what Microsoft is going to do for exclusives in the future is actually going to be not great. You're gonna you're gonna see them very be very Sony-like and I think that's kind of sad in a way. I mean you're gonna see the guy the studio like double fine like make Microsoft only games. Like that's sad to me. Like they won't come out come out on PlayStation systems because they bought double fine and that's what micro that's what sony does right and that's sad to me like you might not get double fine games on a playstation that's kind of that that's not great so and then they bought out the company that did that fallout clone what was it uh the outer worlds right and imagine a world where you can't get that on a playstation like that's not better you i don't know? think you
0: can but, get that on playstation now
1: oh you can't even now okay yeah, well that's so. not Well, that's not great. So Microsoft is buying a whole lot of studios, but I'm not buying. I wouldn't get an Xbox Series X for exclusivity. Um, It would be because of all the things that I talked about. I mean, honestly, you know, popping in the original Halo, seeing it upscale in 4K um, sounds like awesome. And I want to do it um, because I love buying those old games and being able to play anything um, on the new hardware sounds way cooler to me than even playing a new game. So um, definitely Xbox Series X.
0: All right, so briefly correcting myself, I just looked and yeah, you can play Outer Worlds on PS4. I was wrong about that. So
1: yeah. And, and I don't look forward to the day when you can't. Yeah. But Microsoft bought all those studios and I can't imagine that they're going to be like, well, you know, we could give these games to a competitor system, <laughs> but, we sh- but we're not. And because they don't, because Sony doesn't. And I just, uh, it's sad to me, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And in slight defense of Sony on this, I don't think that a lot of those were like major acquisitions like Microsoft. You're right. Did just kind of go through and buy a shitload in the past few years. Um A lot of these games that are exclusively Sony were games that are like studios that were developed under Sony to begin with, or they had like publishing contracts with like, um, like, um I think Sony got some sort of deal with Disney to do some stuff like Disney basically cashed out to sony to uh do a spider-man game so stuff like that it seems like microsoft's more reactionary on this one and trying to compete by buying out stuff instead of developing from the ground up but the point still stands it's going to be crappy for the consumer in the end because more stuff's going exclusive agreed tim how about you
2: (sighs) this is a tough one so on the one hand, you know, reverse compatibility is a big deal and I really want to support that. So that part of me makes me want to lean towards the Xbox Series X. But um, I also haven't owned an Xbox since the original Xbox, so I don't really have a lot of games <laughs> that be backwards compatible. On Halo. The new dot, system. You got
1: Halo, y'all. Halo. I do have <laughs> Halo.
2: I do have Halo. You think um, about it.
1: You've got Games Day 1
2: huh, huh? <laughs> yeah but with, i i have playstation 4 games yeah, too I know, that i would I be know, able to play right? on the new one so. right. i
1: would probably be able to play all of them too right yeah you know i mean?
2: I, yeah. I i guess ever so slightly i would lean more towards the playstation 5 because i would have all my playstation 4 games and my playstation vr that i have uh would be you know um available on the new one and it would probably run better on the better hardware <laughs>
0: That is something that I hadn't even considered for myself, and yeah, the PSVR. If I hadn't seen, I, I guess you've seen that they are supporting that, like the same headset. and I, everything. It
2: says, yeah, it said it'll be it'll support the P, okay. all the PSVR um, games and hardware that.
1: Oh that's out right well, now. that's huge yeah, right there. That I is mean, huge. That that's really that's a really big deal right yeah. there. Okay, all
0: right. Even without that, I think my answer would be. PS5 just because of what games I know are going to be exclusive for them um, like I mentioned like, like the there, God of War yeah, game there is will coming be a out Spider-Man right, too. right exactly <laughs> there will be another God of War there will be another Spider-Man and those are games I know for a fact I will play at some point so yeah that's probably where I would throw my hat but I am looking forward to what the Xbox One X no Xbox Series X is doing we still can't get that name right <laughs>
2: Terrible name. Looking
0: forward to seeing it, but I think my first one of this generation will be the PS5.
1: Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com, and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening. grandfather didn't die face down in the muck so i could wash my hands for 20 (laughs) seconds
0: you know all right that's the end stinger right there